Welcome in. Happy Tuesday. Hope everybody is feeling right, living well, unless you're, you know, a fringe roster guy. Then head on a swivel today because the roster reaper is out there wreaking havoc on NFL teams today. It is cut day. The deadline, 3 p.m. Central Time. The Titans having already waived at least one player, JV and Hawkins, the running back, out According to Adam Schefter, we just spoke to Mike Vrabel. I know you heard a little bit of that. Mike not necessarily willing to divulge who is who is cut before practice. Just, you know, get out there, take attendance for yourselves. Not going to tell us who he's going to cut after practice because apparently there are people that are going to be out there today that may not be on the roster tomorrow. We welcome your participation. It's a loaded show if you want to get involved. 615-737-1045. Blake Topmeyer, SEC columnist at 1120. We will do our TN High School Heroes segment. Lucas did an interview with Lipscomb running back Alex Broom, so I'm excited to hear that conversation. Cameron Wolf of the NFL Network, our buddy who used to be on the Titans beat and the Dolphins beat. Now he's working for the big show up at NFL headquarters, so we will talk with Cam later on. 1220, stick around. But the uh, speaking of cams, hashtag transition, Cam Newton is out there and available. I don't think we're going to see any bigger news than that today. That is, you know, this is a Super Bowl. Well, he's not a Super Bowl MVP, but he's a league MVP getting released by the New England Patriots, Mac Jones. So that means that provided that he stay healthy, the Titans on Thanksgiving weekend will square off in New England against this particular rookie quarterback. The Boston Globe reported it first. It has since been confirmed by multiple media outlets. Cam Newton's out on the street. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it today. Don't even start with me. Don't you dare. Don't you dare call into this radio show and say you want Cam Newton as the backup quarterback here in Tennessee. I will, oh, and you said it. I will fight you. <laughs> I, I, it's like Liam, it's, uh, Liam Neeson. Should Cam Newton... Be the backup quarterback for the 2021 Tennessee Titans. No. And in, and just like Liam Neeson, I have a particular set of skills, and I will find you, and I will fight you if you call into this radio show today and make any kind of an argument that this man in 2021 should be a potential backup quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, Don't I do it. that in the name of Jesus. 100%. Thank God, Caleb Farley is on my side in this particular regard. He don't want anything to do with him either. Nor should you. I'm putting that out there into the universe right now. And immediately the lines are going to load up with people who want Cam Newton. If you if you want to make the argument today, you can. I will shoot it down. Just know what you're walking into. 615-737-1045. Spencer Day says, Buck, chill. We got three hours to go. That's why it's important that we do this now. Because I'm not going to let this thing spiral out of control today, even though I know that's what's sitting uh, in a lot of a lot of people's minds. Well, you will be fighting some people in the streets, Buck says Jonathan Kelly on Twitter. Indeed, I I just I don't understand why we struggle with this as a sports society. You have seen Cam Newton play professional football in the last couple of years. Is anything about that experience appealing to you? If the answer is hell no, as it should be, then you should immediately rule him out of consideration for your backup job. Why is this so hard? 
You want a backup quarterback that can win you a game if needed, pushing the ball downfield. I want one that can throw. <laughs> okay, yeah, that if you just say it that way. That's, that's just, <laughs> come on. You want one that can throw a football. What do you mean? I don't care how much money they spent to build up everything around the New England Patriots offense this year. I don't care. I don't care how Cam, how good Cam Newton looked at a preseason game against the Eagles when none of those defenders who are probably going to be out on the street today at 3 p.m. Central time could get within 10 feet of him. It's a whole different kind of social distancing. Looked like the Titans pass rush. And everybody freaked out because Cam looked super accurate and super comfortable because there wasn't a... There wasn't a defensive lineman or a linebacker anywhere close to him. It does feel like they catered this roster offensively, the Patriots, that is, a little bit t- towards Cam Newton, right? Well, why do you say that? Investing heavily in the tight end position, giving him that safety blanket of Henry and Jonu Smith. Like, what downfield threat do they really have at wide receiver? No, their wide receivers historically stink. Outside of Randy Moss, like, name me a good Pats wide receiver. That one year with, uh, oh, who's he's been on, like, the Rams. I think he's a Texan right now. Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Brandon Cooks had, like, a year with the Patriots. I mean, if you want to say that Edelman, but, like, Edelman, you don't I, – I guess you fear him at his height, but that was when he was working with a bunch of different parts. Like, I don't necessarily think, though, that that's just exclusively catered to Cam. I think if you're talking about a rookie quarterback who needs security and safety, then you have two stud tight ends who you know are going to be reliable. Now, their health is not, by the way, because both John U. Smith and Hunter Henry – have been experiencing some setbacks throughout the course of training camp. I'm not quite sure how much further along either of those guys are. I know that they both have been dealing with stuff in the last couple of weeks. You guys went away in 615-737-1045. I just, I, it came out today. And when you see, when you see the notification or the tweet or however you receive the news, you, I think anybody who has been paying attention to the to the NFL or really to just football in general because Cam Newton is one of the most transcendent stars to ever play the college game. So from that standpoint, I look at this and I say, yeah, if you're just doing it off brand name, Cam Newton getting cut, probably going to surprise you. But then you look at how what, how the rest of the league treated him last year. Nobody wanted him. Until the Patriots gave him pennies on the dollar for what he thought and the rest of us thought a former NFL MVP should cost. There's no, the Patriots were the only team to make him an offer a year ago. And that was when he was washed. I don't I I respect Cam Newton. I have enjoyed Cam Newton at the heights of his career. 2021 Cam Newton is not something that anybody should want anything to do with as it relates to playing in the NFL. There's nothing there that appeals to you. Baby Formula on YouTube says the Patriots will regret this move. I love that. I love that I'm reading <laughs> yeah, the YouTube just page. so casually. <laughs> I mean, what am I, you know, I do this on primetime all the time. So like, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> there, there are, there are YouTube handles and like Twitter handles that are longer than the comments that get left. Like, I, there was one yesterday that threw me for a complete and total loop. And I, you know, I just rattled it off as I would. And then I had to stop and, like, think to myself, well, that was a completely ridiculous, like, sentence or phrase that just came out of my Yeah, mouth. you have to have, like, serious conversations with, like, Vol Hater 69. Like, no Vol Hater 69. That's not what the. <laughs> have to have, like, civilized discussions. I think it's kind of warped me. You know, like, the, the last two years before getting the radio 
uh, before get the radio show, like the last two years of just having my fate, you know, you talk about le- drinking from a fire hose or whatever, just having a fire hose of stupidity stream into my face every night on the internet because that's how the primetime show goes. Yeah, I think that's a little, uh, I think that's a little, a little ridiculous. But I digress. Baby Formula on YouTube says, the Patriots will regret this move when dad bod Matt Jones gets broken half this season. I mean, well, that's just a stupid comment. You have no idea what Mac Jones is going to do. You have no earthly idea. You know who I trust in their quarterback evaluation more than baby formula on YouTube? Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. You know what I trust more than baby formula on YouTube? I trust what the hell I've been watching for three weeks. And that the preseason for people like Cam Newton is an absolute mirage. Because the issues with Cam Newton are still there if you're watching fundamentals. He's, he's an incredible athlete. He is no longer at the peak of his powers, but you still see some of the things that make Cam Newton great. And when he does those things, you're like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then he goes back to, you know, terrible footwork and sloppy mechanics and uh, just he he breaks it. And Lamar has this problem, too. It's, it's perpetually an issue with guys who utilize their legs as often as they do their arms at that position. He... Break, he leaves the pocket too quickly. He ends up causing his own pressure, things like that, and it just devolves. I don't want anything to do with that. It had to be a pretty big gap, right, for Bill Belichick to start a rookie first-round pick at quarterback and cut Cam Newton for him. Why Why do you say that, though? I mean, I don't think so. Just doesn't seem very Belichickian. They're pissed at Cam because he's not vaccinated and he just had to take five days off from the team. Yeah, no, he. I mean, he has made it easy for them. That's what I'm saying. Like... That all of the signs are there. You just have to fall. You didn't we just talk about context clues this week? I feel like I feel like this is the second day in a row. What do we talk about this week, kids? Context clues. In to, in today's lesson, I'll tell you why you shouldn't want want a washed NFL MVP as your backup quarterback. Because Brent Doherty is tweeting me that Cam Newton is better than Matt Barkley and Logan Woodside based on what evidence? I, I and I believe that to my core. Based on what evidence? Because he's bigger and he looks like he should be better? So is Deshaun Kaiser. And Deshaun Kaiser, it has been proven time and time again, is not very good at professional football, respectfully. We'll get into this with Cameron Wolf of the NFL Network. He'll be here at 1220. Cam, of course, has spent a ton of time in the AFC East, so he's intimately familiar with the saga of Cam Newton and the New England Patriots. We'll get his update there, and we'll also talk about what's happening in the rest of the NFL because there's a pretty interesting situation with Deshaun Watson and potentially the Miami Dolphins. Cam being very close to that Dolphins beat, I'm sure we'll get some good information on that. Coming up next, though, I want to talk about roster cut day for this for this team, for the Titans, and not about Cam Newton, who will not play for the Titans. I'm going to tell you which positions that I'm most close, closely watching today and which players that I would absolutely have to have on my roster that may be considered on the fringe. If you want to weigh in, you're more than welcome to do so. You can do so on Zone TV. You can do so via the phone line, 615-737-1045. I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone. That's the objective of the day. Just stay alive. Roster cut day in the NFL. We were, uh, so yesterday after the radio show, and by the way, Buck Rising, here with you until 1 o'clock. 
After the radio show, I went and did uh, Bustin' with the Boys. It was Will Compton, myself, Darren Bates. They started the episode without me. It's fine. They made it about a half hour in, and then I think we ended up doing like two hours. But we spent a lot of time talking about the roster reaper, in Bates' own words. And the roster reaper came a-calling for every safety and running back in football yesterday, it felt like. And, you know, you're you're monitoring a lot of these transactions that are coming out because you're like, yeah, could the Titans take a look at him or him or, you know, what what is what is their depth like right now? Can it improve? Will this do anything for them? Is it worth the transaction? All these things, right? So I was uh, I was getting a kick out of after we did the podcast because immediately you see, you know, Schefter and Pelissero and Rappaport and everybody's firing off every fringe roster player that you've ever seen or heard of or you know, guys that sound like Madden creative character, uh, creative players, and the all of them, all of them yesterday in particular seem to be safeties. Now, Lucas, you said today was the day for running backs. Today is the day that the running backs die. Well, you saw the Titans cut Javian Hawkins. You saw Devontae Freeman was cut by the Saints. Definitely a few others hitting the market. Devontae Freeman was he was he an offensive player of the year? Does that sound right? Oh, gosh. I don't know if he reached that kind of height. But he, he had a couple of phenomenal seasons with the Falcons. He was the highest paid running back in the NFL at one point. Which is just blasphemy. But <laughs> Well, it's it was one of those things that was constantly added to that argument of don't pay the running back. Well, yeah, because and because the Falcons are dumb. Like, the Falcons paid everybody off that, bat, off that Super Bowl team, and then when they pooped themselves in the Super Bowl and every game afterwards, it felt like, they, they felt it necessary to keep that core together, which I never understood. But I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there was there was a year where Devontae Freeman was either discussed as an offensive player of the year or actually won it. I want to say that's right, but perhaps we shouldn't recklessly speculate. Anyway, roster cut day. For the Titans, it's different. Now, just um, imagine imagine that this was like, you know, two weeks from now, what the Titans are currently going through right now. This would be a disaster in the NFL. If the Titans, again, had the first outbreak of the season, and I know we're not technically calling it an outbreak anymore because there are vaccines that are preventing things from being full-scale outbreak, but, you know, we're talking about we're talking about 11 different players and coaches currently experiencing the COVID protocol right now. Now, Vrabel, <laughs> Mike Vrabel spoke to the media at 9.30 this morning, and, of course, the first question is always until, it, until it's not. Hey, Mike, how you feeling today? When are you coming back to work? And he said, can't wait to be back at work today, Teresa. And she said, oh, well, that does that mean you'll be back at the facility? Means can't wait to be back at work tomorrow, Teresa. Come on, man. <laughs> Just, is it that hard? Do you hate us that much? Just say it. <laughs> Just say that tomorrow's the 10th day and he can come back to work. That... That made me laugh out loud. I don't even care anymore. I just, you know, we'll see you when you see when we see you. But with the players, it does create a complex situation, right? Because you do have eight of these dudes still chilling on the COVID list. So while they are on the COVID list, the NFL rules state that they cannot count against your 53-man roster, which means that you can get flexible with the numbers or that a bunch of dudes who probably aren't going to be on the roster when say Ryan Tannehill or Ben Jones or Nate Davis or Harold Landry or even, you know, Jeremy McNichols, just to name a few, once they clear the protocol, well, then it probably means somebody else's job 
uh, is on the way out. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't get him through to the practice squad or bring them back in a waiver-type situation if they're not claimed. But ultimately, you know, this is these are eight, eight spots that you basically have house money on. So today, from the standpoint of guys getting cut, it's probably going to be pretty uneventful for the Titans. I mean, we talked about earlier, you saw Adam Schefter's report that they cut uh, Javion Hawkins, the running back. But more than anything, you know, I don't expect them to do anything to do much in the way of uh, much in the way of movement. So then the conversation becomes, all right, which fringe player, you know, your Makai Sargents of the world, your Mason Kinsey's, your at the outside linebacker position, you would have said somebody like Derek Roberson, but John Simon's already out, so that makes it. I don't know that it guarantees a guy like. Adanyi, Ola Adanyi, or Derek Roberson, but it does open up that possibility in a way that you may not have thought before. Which kind of fringe roster guy absolutely has to make the 2021 Tennessee Titans 53-man roster to you? Because where I'm looking at it, and by the way, excuse me, I said eight players currently on the COVID list. It's nine, counting Nate Davis. So Nate Davis, Nick DeZubnar, Ben Jones, Harold Landry, Justin Lillard, March, Racy McMath, Jeremy McNichols, Jeff Swaim, Ryan Tannehill. None of those dudes count against the 53-man roster at 3 p.m. today. And you heard Mike Vrabel say that he doesn't expect anybody to come off of the COVID list today before practice. Of course, they will take the practice field while we're on the air. And he also said, can you imagine being a dude that practices today and then comes back in and gets cut? Can you imagine? That is that is one of the, I mean, Listen, the NFL is a is a cruel, cold-hearted mother sometimes, but, like, that would really piss me off if I went out there, did an NFL practice. I mean, they're in the bubble today, so it's not going to be like the conditions are not going to be brutal. But even still, I feel like, and they'll probably, I imagine it will be a lighter day because if those dudes are going to go through practice, then they're not going to, you know, have them go full, full on and then something happen and, oh, well, you're out of a job because we were going to cut you anyway. Now we're just going to wave you injured. I would hate that. But all all of these teams are probably, they probably don't wish they were in the Titans position, but today, for as much as competitive advantage weighs in, you are going to look at how you can exploit this list to make sure that you get as many good football players as you think can help your football team at any given point, whether it's practice squad, you think they're going to clear waivers or otherwise, You're going to try and exploit that as much as humanly possible. Now, yesterday, when this came up, I started getting tweets about, well, don't you think, don't you think that, uh, well, I I should probably have the tweet in front of me, but basically, COVID roster manipulation conspiracy theory Twitter. That is what I was dealing with yesterday. And I wanted to, I just wanted to punch myself in the face. I'm sure many of Many of you listening out there have wanted to punch me in the face before, but just know that yesterday I wanted to do it to myself because that's not at all what I'm here for. It's just a moment where we desperately need games. But, you know, consider these these things when you're talking about the roster cutdowns today. The nine players on the COVID list, I don't know that we will get any real answers on the backup quarterback position. I think that that's something that's going to be ongoing. Because Ryan Tannehill, again, is on the COVID list. So Woodside and Barkley, whomever you favor for this backup job, you're getting both. Until such time as 
the starting quarterback returns, you need options, and those are your two options right now. You're not going to go and bring in another person at this juncture because you've spent time with these two in particular, one more so than the other, obviously. They have spent time learning your system, learning your players. These are the best options that you have available to you right now. So the, the roster competitions, whether it be as the backup running back, whether it be for the fourth tight end spot, you're not going to see those things necessarily play themselves out until such time as these guys return. Outside of that, you know, there's a handful of uh, there's a handful of players that I'm looking at and I'm saying, all right, if there was ever a year to keep seven wide receivers, now you may not agree with the math on that, but if there was ever a year to where you could try and do that, understanding that you have a I don't want to say a problem, but you have a bit of a conflict with Des Fitzpatrick right now because he's not proven himself to be better than the players who do not have his draft pedigree, even though he's a fourth-round rookie. There were I saw fourth-round rookies getting cut yesterday, by the way. So it's certainly not above this organization to consider going down that path. But while you can get creative with the math, I think that you have to look that look at that and say, well, you have to keep Chester Rogers. You know, you're unclear about the injury situation with either Josh Reynolds or Marcus Johnson. Remember Marcus Johnson. Josh Reynolds didn't even play in preseason game number three. It's probably a good indication they're trying to keep him right to get him through on this as he recovers from uh, off-season shoulder surgery and the Achilles issues that he's dealing with. So you're keeping Josh Reynolds. You're keeping Chester Rogers. You obviously know that the top two, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, are coming through. So then elsewhere on the roster, you're saying, okay, you at this point have room for Des Fitzpatrick. You also have room for Nick Westbrook-Akina. Are you that hell-bent on keeping somebody like Mason Kinsey or Cam Batson if you think that their skill set is redundant and you know that the other guy, the other slot receiver, Chester Rogers, can also be your punt returner? You're going to look at that and say, for the same reason that John Simon got cut, John Simon may have been a better defensive player, but he doesn't, he doesn't play special teams. I think sometimes, at least from my standpoint, I feel like people take that for granted how granted how important special teams are to actually making the 53 if you're not a starter. If you're not a starter, you're playing special teams. And if you can't play special teams, they're going to find somebody else who can. That's something that you have to keep in mind. But as far as I'm concerned, you have to keep Chester Rogers on this roster. And I'm starting to lean towards you have to keep Nick Westbrook-Akina. Because of special teams. Because of special teams. And because he is competent when you do things like a two-point conversion in the back of the end zone. He looks more competent as a bit offensive player. But that's not his role. His role is on special teams. And if he, if it was between him and Racy McMath before, well, now you don't have to make that choice. So you can get creative here. We don't know what's happening with, for example, Darrington Evans. Darrington Evans, who had the knee injury in Atlanta, never returned to the game, still hasn't returned to practice, is not doing anything on a football field right now. And that, while it causes you great strife, if you're a Titans fan, and looking at this and saying, well, what the hell are we doing? Um, You also look at McNichols and say, well, he's on the COVID list. He can't be usable either. Makai Sargent, I think, is going to make this roster. Now, for how long? I have no idea. But... 
that that one's more complicated to me. I don't understand the obsession. Do you? Like, why why are people so hell bent on Makai Sargent? And like smart football people, football people who I trust. I'm not just talking about irrational people on Twitter. Like, I'm I'm looking at Mike Miracle's timeline, uh, formerly of Broadway Sports. I you know even though he keeps tweeting like he's an active media member, I don't know what the hell Mike is doing in this faux retirement. I saw him tweet out yesterday his you know his picks for every team that's going to make the postseason this year preseason it's like what mike what are you doing (laughs) i texted him right when he announced that i was like you know we're still gonna try to get you on the show right but yeah come on anytime what what are you doing he just doesn't want to have to write anymore yeah that's all it is that's which i I respect respect. yeah right writing is a suffering 615-737-1045 but i think uh you know i don't understand the the obsession with makai Sargent, but i think that he's gonna make the roster just out of default brian hill's on ir you don't have the other two available. It can't just be Derek and Kari Blossom game, even though they might want it to be. Makai Sargent is, you know, I think he's I think he's exciting. I think you love that he cares. But, again, three yards of carry against the Bears. I don't need a dude that, does, that has three yards of carry as an undrafted rookie free agent. Even as I respect his effort and the, the approach that he's taken to trying to make this roster, I think he's probably going to make it just because you're playing a numbers game at this point. Outside of that, I don't know what they do with the defensive line. Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, Laurel Murchison, Tier Tart. Do you keep a fifth defensive lineman? I feel like you have to. Who is that player? Because Trayvon Coley probably would have been IR. Maybe Kyle Pecco, IR. So now am I looking at who is a name that sounds like a former U.S. president? Woodrow Hamilton the fourth, if I understand my Roman numerals correctly. Does he get Hamilton the fourth on the back of his jersey? I should probably be paying attention to that. But anyway, like, how do you manage the de- the depth on the defensive line? Anthony Rush, who's just returned from COVID, is a different kind of player than Woodrow Hamilton. Do you think you get more out of those guys? Because in all likelihood, again, they're not playing special teams. I think that you, when you look at the roster today, you're probably not going to be... You're not going to see anything that's bigger than Cam Newton today. That I'm ap- I'm 100% of the belief of. But there are going to be some surprises across this roster today. I just think for the Titans, <laughs> you you mitigate surprises. You mitigate really much of anything because you have nine players currently on the COVID list. 615-737-1045. Who absolutely has to make this roster for you today? Let's go to Ricky who's in West End. What's up, Ricky? Hey, hey Buck. So I'm not going to make the case for why Cam Newton should be the Titans. Oh, no. <laughs> but, but I am going to say that the Titans' backup situation is so atrocious that the Titans brought in Matt Barkley, and it's a competition for the backup. That's how bad the situation is. And Cam Newton, while I don't think he's that good anymore, he can win a game in the NFL. Matt Barkley can't. I mean, we saw it. His best season was 2016, I think, with the Bears, and he went eight touchdowns to 20 interceptions. And then Logan Woodside, who, again, who's so bad that there's a competition between Matt Barkley and Logan Woodside. Well, Ricky, what, where's the evidence that Cam Newton – Where is the evidence that Cam Newton can win a game? What? What do you – you, did you watch the Patriots last year? There's I the, watched him in week one against the Dolphins when he could run the power and he won a game. 
Yeah, and then everything everything fell apart, Ricky. Everything fell apart after that one game. But he's your backup. You just need him for one game. Until you don't. Woodside and Matt Barkley win one game. Okay, but elsewhere around the NFL, who who was better than Matt Barkley as a backup quarterback or Logan Woodside? Like, find me the situation. Matt Barkley won a game. Trey, I, listen, I don't think either of the – I think, listen, if Ryan Tannehill goes down, they're bleeped. But that's not – like, I'm looking at Andy Dalton. If I, if Andy Dalton is eventually going to be a backup, Andy Dalton, precious little evidence that he can win a game. I'm looking at somebody like uh, but, Jordan I, I Love. Jordan Love looks it. terrible in Green Bay. You just stumped me? No, I'm rattling off a bunch of quarterbacks who can't win a game. Ricky, I appreciate the call, but Cam Newton is not somebody at this stage in the NFL that can win a game. I understand what Ricky's saying because they did come out with a creative game plan in week one. It worked from Cam Newton, and then everything went to hell. You may not need him. I understand what Ricky's saying. You don't need him. You just need him to be the backup until such time as you do. I, I don't. I understand that that's, that's probably not the best way to do the analysis, but m- now more than ever, for, for Ricky and anybody like Ricky that would be considering this, 17 games means greater risk for injury. In the case of COVID, greater risk for illness. Greater risk for unavailability by your starting quarterback, starting players across the board. I'm looking at this and saying backup quarterback has never mattered more in the NFL than it does in 2021. And how much do the Titans have to change up their offense around Cam Newton if he was the backup? I mean, you were having that conversation in New England with Cam and Mac Jones, right? Because they don't do things that are necessarily similar. So you find, I mean, you find packages for the personnel. And Mac Jones runs the Patriots offense the way Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick want it to be run. I don't think Cam Newton could come in here and run this Titans offense the way they want it to be run. No, he would come out here and do Cam Newton things, and then you'd get pissed off at him. When he improvises and he, you know, he's, he's, I, I don't know exa- an example of what he would do that would cause them problems, but you know what I'm saying? Like he would do something that would not work to their advantage. I understand what Ricky is saying. The Dolphins game is the anomaly. You found the one, the one in the last couple of years of Cam Newton. Outside of that, I don't think that you can make the argument that Cam Newton at this stage of his career, damn it, I'm having this conversation and I didn't want to have this conversation today. Because the, now the YouTube chat is lighting up. If you want to weigh in, 615-737-1045. Um, Chad Casual, perfect example. Blaine Dam Gabbert is the backup on the Super Bowl squad, for God's sakes. Where is the better quarterback situation? And again, I love Blaine Gabbert personally. Blaine Gabbert is about, is about the top of the list. If you're looking around, who is Lamar Jackson's backup in Baltimore right now? Uh, Huntley, Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. Hey, he, he balled out on Saturday. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. He had I like five touchdowns him. against Washington. Okay, well, now now people are going to come after <laughs> He's actually Tyler had a Huntley. phenomenal preseason. See, I think there was one play where I saw him get strip sack, and I'm like, oh, who's this scrub? <laughs> who's this guy? This, but I'm, I'm do, now I'm doing the Ricky thing where I'm looking at one play <laughs> instead of or one game and saying, ah, he, he was phenomenal that's the sample Saturday. size. <laughs> Uh, but honestly, give me Nick Foles over Cam Newton. Six one fives. Oh my God! Stop it. Nick Foles runs. <laughs> Nick Foles can't move. What are you talking about? This is exactly what Lucas and Lucas plant, planted these phone calls. He said something into the microphone, and then he scurried away to the phone so he wouldn't have to defend himself. Just because you saw Nick Foles go seven for seven against the Titans' defense on Saturday, 
and throw a touchdown pass does not mean that he's a good backup option. But again, who's better than Nick Foles? Somebody make this case to me. We'll do it on the other side. Scott, Alex, we'll get to you up next. We'll continue this conversation. (laughs) Make the argument. If you want somebody better than the current Titans backups, and if it's Cam Newton, God help you. But if you think there's a better option out there, I would love to hear it. We'll get your calls coming up next. I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone. Oh, man. I the, the chat on YouTube is out of control. I knew as soon as this happened today that we would just, you know, we would just get buried in backup quarterback conversation. I love that Ricky, I listen, I appreciate Ricky and West End because that's, we need more, we need more combative callers like R- Ricky and West End because he thought he got me with Cam Newton in week one. And then I went up and looked up, I looked up Cam Newton's 2020 to make just, just to make sure that I remembered that game exactly how I remembered that game. Cam Newton in that game, it was his best game of the season, mind you. 15 of 19, 155 yards, took two sacks, uh, had a 100.7 rating, had 15 rushing attempts for 75 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. They used him right. And then everything went to hell. Went to hell. Do you understand that I can find at literally any quarterback, any Matt Barkley, any Logan Woodside, any uh, – what's what's the dude from the uh, – What's the dude from the 49ers that had as many touchdowns in one game as Marcus Mariota had at the point at that point in the season after C.J. Beathard went down? Nick Mullins. I can oh, yeah. Find, I can from find Birmingham. Nick. Oh, my God. Went to my rival high school. I, <laughs> Eagles just cut him. <laughs> Make room for Gardner Minshew. Thank you for your contribution. Back into the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> 615-737-1045. I could, I could literally find any quarterback in the sport to go 15 of 19 for 155. No touchdowns, no picks. Like Nick Foles. Any, no, shut up. <laughs> God. I'm, I'm, I, I am, I am having like chest tightness thinking about the arguments that I'm about to have about backup quarterbacks today. Because already the YouTube chat is saying Marcus Mariota, who, by the way, is hurt as the backup in Las Vegas. Lebowski and they're saying he's going to fight everybody in the chat. So let's see if the phone lines are any more sensible. 615-737-1045. Scott is in Beth Page. He wants to talk about Cam. What's up, Scott? Hey, fellas. Uh, good morning. Almost afternoon, I guess. But, hey, listen, I was going to piggyback the guy that called about Cam. When you rattled off those stats, I'm, I, I mean, I'm not going to argue with – it's like going into battle, you know, with un, not being armed, you know, battle of wits with an unarmed – not being armed. But I'm, I'm not going to even – I ain't going to mention that now. There's no sense in it because the point I was going to make was with the weapons around Cam, he might would give us a better chance uh, to, to win a game or two should we need him. But we haven't seen Logan with weapons around him either. He's playing with second, third, fourth, you know, team players, and we haven't got an opportunity to see him at his best. What I, what I wanted to hit on real quick was our general manager – there is no rhyme or reason the way he acquires and drafts. I, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, on one hand, he will he will hit the lottery triple sevens with AJ and Derek and some of the other players that he's acquired. Well, just that and whole on the draft other hand, class, right, he will Scott? go and sign players that are sick or hurt and and unproven, and yet pass on a player like Trey Smith who has issues with his 
with, with his with those blood clots, but is still proven to be a player. And now Kansas City hit the lottery on a player like that. He just can you make any rhyme or reason with what the guy does? Uh, and compare him to other GMs, and I appreciate it. And sorry for being long-winded. Thank you, guys. Oh, it's okay. I appreciate the call, Scott. 615-737-1045. Yeah, Cam Newton's numbers on the season. He was 7 of seven and 8 as a starter. Completed 65% of his passes, which is really good. But when you consider he's just throwing it to the running back every time and he's checking it down, it looks a little worse. Eight touchdowns, 10 picks, a putrid, absolutely god-awful 7.2 yards per attempt. No thank you on Cam Newton. Um, to, to his point about John Robinson. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, and I can't, I can't do a comparison with a, a general manager without having like that other general manager's record in front of me. So I don't want to, I don't want to try and do that sight unseen Scott, but like more than anything, you know, he, he kills it every once in a while. And then you look at around the fringes and he's probably got about the same hit rate as general managers across the league. Like it, there are for every for every 2019 draft, right, where you get Simmons first round, AJ Brown second round, Nate Davis third round, uh, I think Amani Hooker in the fourth round, and then you go on with David Long in the fifth or the sixth, and you kill it. And then the next year you come back and you have the 2020 draft with Isaiah Wilson and Christian Fulton, who unknown, Darrington Evans, who can't stay on the field. I mean. I don't know how much Laurel Murchison excites you. We have yet to see that. There's plenty of time, I guess. But, like, there are the Des Fitzpatrick this year, again, still unknown, but right now trending in a bad direction. There's Kevin Dodd. I mean, probably you can cite the most egregious ones. But for the most part, you know, when he whiffs in the draft, he makes up with it. Well, we waited until day three to draft a wide receiver. Hey, there's Julio Jones. Let's go trade a second for him and go see if we can make up for that. And it works. But the Trey Smith thing is an interesting point by Scott because we've seen that John Robinson's willing to take those chances on guys like a Farley with a back injury or a Simmons coming off an ACL. I know blood clot's a whole other issue, but our understanding of the Dylan Radins pick is that he was the future at tackle, right? And he still might be, but right now he's a guard. He's not going to be playing tackle anytime soon. And a guy like Trey Smith is a starting guard for the Kansas City Chiefs who went in the sixth round. So when you look at it at that angle, I, I see why Scott is frustrated. Well... Here's, here's what I'll say about this year in particular, right? Because this year is different. This year is COVID. This year, you didn't have the combine to evaluate everybody with your medical staff. You had the, you had the it was basically the Indianapolis, they had an, a medical combine in Indy. And basically what we were told is, yeah, there are a handful of players that we got to evaluate top to bottom. Like we get the full medical rundown as we would do in any other year. But then for a handful of other guys, you're relying on basically pool reports from doctors and from medical staffs around the league that are doing those evaluations and you haven't had necessarily time to get to. Now, here's what I'll say. I don't know that I would take that excuse for Trey Smith because if he's down, he's two hours down the road in Knoxville, just, just across the way in East Tennessee. They worked him out a lot at Pro Day. Well, and like if you're going to find a Kevin Byard at MTSU, you know what Trey Smith is, right? Like you, you are aware of the player, the pedigree, the skill set, and you, I would think, would probably take the time to figure that out, unless you thought, well, we don't, we have enough at guard, which I don't think that that should be the case because Roger Saffold is getting up there, and Nate Davis is due a contract pretty soon. Well, you don't know that Raiden can help you at guard right now, and that was your second overall pick or second round pick, I should say, and he was drafted to play a different position. Yeah, Trey I, Smith could help you at guard right now. It's true. 
He's doing that for the Kansas That's City what Chiefs. He's doing. He's yeah, that their offensive line, by the way, since the Super Bowl, they have totally remade that thing. They they are going to they are going to be a vastly improved team, which is scary to think about up front. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. Let's go to Alex in Nashville on this roster cut day. What's up, Alex? What's up, guys? So two quick points. One on the Trey Smith Jr. J Rob gets a pass. You can't get every player. You just can't. Trey Smith. We didn't take another offensive guard in the draft. We took the right tackle in the second round because you need a right tackle. As we'll see today, they're only going to keep seven, maybe eight offensive linemen. You don't have enough room, and Trey Smith wouldn't start on this football team this year, and we don't have room on the roster to keep him. Alex, Here, let me stop you really quick. Player, let me stop you really quick because they're going to keep nine. But you, okay, go ahead and continue. Okay, nine. That's still. If can Trey Smith snap the football? Can he play center? So no. A backup guard has to be able to snap because you can't keep a backup center that can't play guard, period. That's that's how rosters work, Buck. You know that. Yes. And J-Rob's move of trading for Tannehill, a former top ten pick who played on a team in one of the worst football teams in, in the last 20 years, uh, being the Dolphins, has every Titans fan thinking they're a freaking backup quarterback guru. That scenario doesn't happen. Tom Brady <laughs> coming in for Drew Bledsoe and being a star and, and all this, that doesn't happen. Like, we have more fingers on one hand than the amount of times that's happened from a backup quarterback being able to sustain it, period. So, at the end of the day, the backup quarterback doesn't matter the way we want it to because whenever an NFL team's starting quarterback goes down, they are immediately rumored to be trading for every available quarterback, every potential backup stud on every team and, and every quarterback that's on the street comes in for a workout period that's because backups are backups for a reason that's why you have quarterbacks overdrafted every single year stop putting so much time and energy into the backup quarterback conversations your backup quarterback's an extra coach can run the scout team that's what he is if you need him to play substantial snaps you're screwed period thank you alex i disagree We'll react to that next. Stick around. It's 104.5 The Zone.